Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's Believe in Tiger Woods on the Believe Podcast Network. And now, here's your host, Cam Rogers. And here we go. It is the Tiger Woods Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. LA's number one podcast destination. My name is Cam Rogers. How are we doing, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to tune in to this show, talking all things Tiger Woods. This is a pro 19 majors podcast, folks. And of course, we have the big exclusive, the sit down with Trevor Knight, former UNH quarterback. Really a fun conversation. He came on over. We had some good banter. We'll get to that interview in a matter of moments, and I'm sure a lot of you are tuning in solely for that, so I will not bore you with my stupid banter, but we do have to get through some Tiger Woods headlines. First of all, Tiger and the Hero World Challenge changing dates, all right? So the big tournament, typically in mid-December, has been slightly shifted. Now, if you don't know what the Hero World Challenge is, it benefits Tiger Woods' foundation. It's an 18-player field. It's not an official PGA Tour event, but it does somewhat dip into the time for the President's Cup, which will take place on December 12th, of 2019. So Tiger changing the dates here Wednesday to Saturday, December 4th through the 7th to give that buffer there for the President's Cup at Royal Melbourne. And Tiger presumably will be on the team to be representing the United States. All right, some other headlines here. Sergio Garcia is playing this week at the Zurich Classic of New Orleans. That is the team event on the schedule. Sergio teaming up with another good ball striker, Tommy Fleetwood. But he chimed in about Tiger's victory at the Masters, and he said he did indeed watch Tiger capture his 15th major. Why am I talking about this? Why is this notable? Well, we know that Tiger and Sergio have somewhat of a past together. You may recall way back when at the 2013 Players' Championship, Sergio complained that Tiger created noise with the crowd while Sergio was hitting a golf shot, blah, blah, blah. Late 90s, there was a little rivalry there during the major championship season, so That's why it's notable. I think it's interesting that Sergio went out and said publicly that he congratulates Tiger. He was very graceful about how he went about it during the interview there at the Zurich Classic. So Sergio did indeed watch Tiger's victory at Augusta National. That is very interesting to me. You may have heard of this story. A couple by the name of Denise and Trey Little made a bet about Tiger Woods winning the Masters And if one side won the bet, a.k.a. Tiger Woods won the Masters, they would name their child Tiger. I wish I was pregnant right now, ladies and gentlemen, so I could call my child Tiger. Now, I'm a dude that's not literally possible, but still, pretty cool story there because it just goes to show how some people, and a lot of people, I guess you could say, 
just had no freaking idea that Tiger Woods could capture another major championship. So this is just another piece of the pie of the doubters out there that did not believe Tiger Woods could capture the Masters. And it still seems surreal, as I say it right now, that Tiger Woods is a major champion in 2019. So Denise and Trey, congratulations, and I hope little Tiger grows up to be a very fine golfer. Next up, Steve Williams, former caddy of Tiger from 1999 to 2011. Stevie was there for 13 of Tiger's 15 majors. Fluff was on the bag in 97 at the Masters. And, of course, Joe LaCava in the 2019 Masters. Williams said that Tiger's victory re-energized the game of golf. And I think this is a very important quote because it's something that Trevor and I will talk about a little bit during the interview as well. Tiger Woods is golf. He is. He moves the needle. He is the face. He is the ratings. It's Tiger. It's Tiger. It's Tiger. And then it's everybody else. If I had to power rank the most important individual figures in the game of golf that are actively playing, it's Tiger at one by a gajillion miles, Phil at two, and then a little less than a gajillion miles, and maybe you put Rory, you put Spieth, you put Sergio, you put Dustin Johnson into that cluster, and then there's just an absolute huge drop-off from there. What I'm trying to say is the basic obvious notion that Tiger Woods is the game of golf. Stevie Williams understands that. In fact, Williams stopped watching golf in 2017. He may want to start watching golf again, at least the major championships, because Tiger is chasing the Grand Slam here in 2019. And oh my God, I never thought I would be right next to a microphone on air actually saying that, but it's true. And then finally, Tiger is golf example 1,352,911. On Twitter, Tiger's winning putt at the 2019 Masters tweeted by the Masters Tournament account has 8 million views. 8. For context, Patrick Reed's winning putt from 2018 is not even at 1 million. I believe it's something along the lines of 300 and something thousand views. Now, Patrick Reed, I guess you could make the argument, is one of the more unpopular Masters champions in major championship history because a lot of people view Patrick as the villain of golf because of how he treats his parents, his family, whatever. That's not something I'm going to get into in this podcast or any podcast down the line. The point is, Tiger absolutely blew Patrick Reed's video out of the water. And I made the observation on Twitter a couple of days ago. Big shout out, by the way, to Golf Digest actually writing a little article on my observation and giving a little shout out to the Tiger Woods podcast because it's worthy of noting. 
Like, sometimes I think we just quickly assume things about Tiger and his effect on the game, and rightfully so because he's done so much for golf. You can just assume all the time that he's going to continue to have a big impact. But when you actually drill down on the numbers and you juxtapose, i.e. Tiger and Patrick Reed here, it just makes you appreciate it that much more. So unbelievable stuff there from Tiger as his roars continue to show aftershocks here in the later portions of the month of April after that Masters victory. So there you go. Some headlines regarding Tiger. Let's get into my conversation with former UNH quarterback Trevor Knight. We talk about his time at UNH, of course, his time at Nashua South, playing underneath his dad, Scott Knight. We talk about what he is expecting in the future, his openness to try new positions, and some other stupid banter throughout the interview. An interview with a lot of build-up, ladies and gentlemen. He and I have talked about doing this for quite some time. Glad we could finally find a good portion of our schedules to actually do this. And boom, here we go, Trevor Knight on the Tiger Woods Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Trevor Knight on the pod right now. Trevor, I feel like there has been a lot of years building up for this interview. You think back to our times, you know, shooting the shit back in the day in high school and all that. Us, of course, big time dreams, broadcasting, football, all that good stuff. So appreciate the time, my man. Thanks for having me, man. Let's talk about the resume here for Knight, ladies and gentlemen. This is before UNH. New Hampshire Gatorade Player of the Year, ESPN New Hampshire Player of the Year, New Hampshire Sports Page Player of the Year as well. UNH history, fifth in career completions, sixth in passing yards. You had that 75-yard scamper against James Madison. I'm sure you remember that well, oh, November. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a fun game. <laughs> was that one of your favorite plays? Uh, yeah, honestly, it was. Just because, uh, you know, our season, you know, didn't go as, as we were expecting to. And then, uh, you know, we... We came out and beat the number two team in the country, you know, out of nowhere. So Seriously. that was, you know, that was definitely a good feeling, you know, getting getting out doing that. So that's kind of what we expected all year, and it was nice to, you know, be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, hey, this is a Tiger Woods show, so we'll kick things off with a little bit of some Eldrick talk here. And I'm sure you were following the Masters. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure you can relate to this just as an athlete. What Tiger has done to this point, you know, 14 majors, multiple back surgeries, and then he wins a 15th major after all the injuries and the sex scandal and all that. Mm. What were your reactions? I mean, I thought it was just crazy because, you know, sports is such a mental, any all sports is such a mental game. Sure. And, you know, Tiger definitely hit his rock bottom. Um, and to be able to, you know, come back from that, it just shows his mental toughness and how much of, uh, you know, how... how great of an athlete he is not just physically but mentally I think it's that's what really what separates him and that's why he has 15 championships it's unreal and he's yeah. going for more we're a, a pro 19 majors podcast here mm-hmm. Trevor we're gunning for the 19 number to beat out Jack and when you think about Tiger and the game of golf they go hand in hand I mean Tiger's the guy that moves the needle right Tiger's probably the guy that gets the casual fan actually interested. Somebody maybe like you, for example, who's not, you know, watching a tournament every week. For sure. You know, whenever I hear Tiger's doing well, that's when I turn golf on. <laughs> so. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. So let's get into uh, the meat of the discussion here, my guy. Now, we last saw each other at the 
infamous Thanksgiving Eve <laughs> showdown at Billiards. And it was funny. We had this interaction where you were like, yeah, I've never been here before, but somebody told me I should go. And here I am. I'm like, dude, I mean, it's Nashville's biggest party, right? Oh, it was a great time. It's, uh, you know, you got, you could fit so many people in there. You got hundreds of people in there. And uh, Thanksgiving Eve, blast. Then you get like, the gamblers in the oh, corner, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> then, you got the degenerate gamblers. Exactly. <laughs> you got people playing pool. You got you got the whole bar scene. So it's, it's, a, it's a good venue. Why even have 10-year, 15-year reunions when you have Thanksgiving Eve? Exactly. It's, it's all you need. By the way, speaking of reunions here, I want to get you on the record with your endorsement or non-endorsement of this, but it's 2019, five-year reunion for your Ooh. class, dude. What do you think? Should it happen? Uh, why not, right? Okay. Why not? All right. I hear you. <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> Let's get to your passion for football, dude. Bring me back to the beginning, because I actually don't know this. How mm -hmm. did this all start? When did it start? So my dad has, you know, been the coach in Nashua. He was a head coach in Nashua High before they even split. So I was, I mean, I'll show you pictures. I was going to the games when I was like two years old, and mm -hmm. I would be dressed in a helmet, shoulder pads, you know, I would be dressed to every game for whatever reason. That's what I wanted to do. And, uh, you know, I used to, I used to wear, like when my dad would go to Home Depot, I'd go with him and I'd wear a football helmet. I'd wear a football jersey. I used to wear my Drew Bledsoe jersey, Patriots helmet. And, Throwback. Uh, I literally used to go everywhere wearing that stuff, you know. And then, uh, you know, just being around, you know, my father and, you know, the football my whole life. You know, when I was, as soon as I was seven years old, signed up for the Amherst Patriots and have not looked back. Just loved every second of it. You know, it's interesting. I was going to ask you this question, too, here about your dad and you and the relationship on the football field, but also off the football field and how those two kind of came together, of course, during your time at Nashua South. How did you split the two? You had, you know, dinner table dad at mm -hmm. seven o'clock with the family, but you also had X's and O's dad. Yeah. To be honest, it, it never really turned off from X's and O's mm -hmm. just because that's, that's both of our passions. And my mom is a huge football fan. You know, I think for moms, I think she's the biggest mom football fan I've you could ever imagine. And, uh, you know, my sister would sometimes get a little mad, like, can we please talk something else other than football? <laughs> yeah. But when me and my dad get going, you know, we don't stop. We'll just talk for hours about it. And, uh, you know, I, I love it. You know, it's something we both love. And I don't think we'd really like to talk about anything else. Now, of course... When you have a passion like you do with football, such a team sport, such a family, and I think mm -hmm. football is different, Trevor, compared to literally any other sport because you are on that battlefield. You're blocking in that A-gap for another guy, putting your ACL on the line. Mm -hmm. Did you have that kind of family feel at UNH? Oh, 100%. That's like, you know, Coach Mack is, uh, you know, an absolute legend, and everyone kind of knows that, but... That's something he stresses the most, and I think that's why he has been such a successful coach, because it's all about family, you know, family first, and uh, yeah, that's one of our major, major core values. And you know, it's something just in the tradition, and you know, it's a, uh, it's in your veins when you go there. You know, right. it's all about the family aspect, and that's I think, like I say, that's why he's so successful. So it was definitely a big family feel. Those guys are, you know, my roommates. You know, you you're literally with these guys from you know you wake up at five thirty. Go lift with them. Go do all that stuff. Practice. So much commitment. Oh, so much commitment. And you go eat every meal with each other, you know, play video games. We do everything with each other. And, you know, I think that's what makes football so special is, you know, is just you just going through all the lows 
and the highs with each other. And that's why, you know, it's just such a great family aspect. And did you detect that during the recruitment process too? That's really what sold you on UNH? Yeah, really. I mean, you know, Coach Mack sold me on just, you know, we're a family here and I went to visit and all the guys, you know, they just, you know, everyone has like, maybe not, not everyone's best friends on the team, but sure. everybody, like really everybody loves each other and everybody would do anything for each other. And I don't know how he instills that, but he does. And it's, it was my favorite part about UNH for sure. You got your dad, you got your mom, you got your girlfriend, you got your support system. How instrumental have they been in this whole process for you as you're now in your post-grad life? Oh, they've been huge. I mean, my parents sent me to camps when I was from seven years old to, you know, this past uh, this past winter. Right. So they've supported me th through everything. I can't even, like, stress it enough how uh, instrumental they've been to this whole process. I've wouldn't be anywhere without them for sure um you know from my dad from the first you know practice he brought me to to my mom bringing me to practice picking me up for practice it's, it's been a great ride and definitely can't appreciate them more absolutely hey let's put a bow on the unh career here and take a look at the quarterback competition as we stand at unh because dude i think it's anybody's I guess you could say Iron Throne here. Mm -hmm. Who is the heir to Trevor Knight? Any thoughts? I really don't know. You know, I I truly love all those guys in that quarterback room. You know, this past year we had such a great quarterback room, such high character guys in there. So they can't go wrong. I don't think I don't think they could go wrong picking a guy. I think they're all all of them are going to be good leaders. Uh, they're all very talented. They all and the great thing is they all have their own. They they all bring a different style of play. Mm. You know. Ivan is more, you know, kind of like me, a little run pass, you know, can make some plays on his feet. Tommy Harrion, the Chicago kid, he's kind of the same way a little bit. Um, a little bit more of a pocket passer, too. You know, he can sling it. And, uh, you know, the younger guy, Brett Edwards, he's a very, very, very raw talent. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, when the other guys go away, I think he's going to be very, very good. Um, if he doesn't, you know, whether he gets a job or not, I think he's going to have a very bright future. And, uh, you know, the good old Stephen Hedberg, mm -hmm. uh, pride of St. Thomas Aquinas in Dover. <laughs> he's a, he's an awesome kid. Probably the funniest kid in the quarterback room, maybe even on the team. He's one of my favorite guys. You know, he's a, he's a good player, and he's improved so much from, you know, when he first walked on campus to now. So it really could be anybody. I'm, I'd be happy for any of them. Of course, I make the seasonal reference to the Iron Throne. Quick tangent, do you watch the show? <sighs> Are you I on hate, board? I hate to say it, but I don't. Okay. I tried. I, you know, I. It was like a few years ago. I tried watching season one, and I just had no idea what was going. I watched like four episodes, and I just, oh, I dude. couldn't get in. I, but but I. What I will say is, whenever there's like, whenever I know it's going to be a good episode, I'll watch it with my with my friends who who watch the okay, show. Okay, so you chime in here and there. Oh uh, yeah, I, I I try to support it, but I just I just don't know what's going on. So I was the biggest holdout, and I finally got on board a few months ago because I did not want to feel the FOMO of this yeah. final season, everybody on Twitter blowing up about it, and I felt the same way with you. So I literally had to read a written recap after every single episode, literally like my cliff notes, mm -hmm. right, for yeah. the show, just to like know what the hell is going on, Yeah, because there's so many different dynamics to it. But, uh, Jesus, it's I like got, a I got to do show. that. Yeah. yeah. That's what I should have done. Yeah, I should reinforces. Yeah, you know I, I should have, you know, tried to figure out who was who, and I, I had no idea what was going on. Reading comprehension. Yeah, and then, like, my favorite, my favorite character, like, died in the first season. Ned? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, what, Unreal, what right? is this? Yeah, so I, 
I was a little shooken up by that for sure. Yeah, that definitely opened the gates for the younger characters. Oh and yeah, all of that. Oh yeah. All right, so let's talk about your time in Pittsburgh here. So you were at the Edge ninety doing workouts. Oh, I was a I was a Grosetti Performance Edge ninety was um like this service that would come in. It was run by this guy. Um, he would come in and did mock like interviews for okay. um, you know NFL teams. He would do mock. He would do uh you know the uh. He would do simulations, just, yeah, simulations and stuff like that, and just kind of get us ready, mentally prepare us and stuff. So he would come in once a week and, you know, run us about an hour, hour and a half stuff, just mental, you know, mental toughness stuff. And it was the, the my age ninety stuff was great. So that was the complement to the workouts. Oh yeah, out there. Yeah, we trained those? at a Grossetti Performance. It was great. Um, actually, Terry Grossetti, the guy who runs it, is kind of a younger, younger guy, very up and coming. He just got the head strength conditioning job at uh, Youngstown State oh, yesterday. Shit. Wow, yeah. good for him. Yeah, Damn. so so I'm excited for him. He's he's an awesome guy. They have a great support system with another trainer, Kyle Piper. He was he was awesome. You know, and also training with those guys made some great friends. You know, got some got some good gear from other schools. We traded a lot of stuff, so it was a great experience. You know, even being in Amish country, I liked it. <laughs> it was definitely a different climate, right? Oh yeah, there. it was. It was very cold and just, you know, I lived on a farm actually with uh, three of the other guys I was training with. Little and, cell service too, all that oh stuff. Oh yeah, or, very yeah. little cell service and uh, you know, not much going on. I think the closest gas station to us was probably about ten minutes. You know, if you wanted a Gatorade, you got to drive ten minutes to get one. <laughs> it's not like Nashville where you just walk down the street and pick one up. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's probably like a ninety dollar Uber for ten minutes yeah. too, because yeah. there's like maybe two of them. Because they got to drive two hours to come get exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Well, that's great. And then of course you had your pro day last month. Take me through that because you took some reps at QB, of course, but also at wide receiver. Mm -hmm. So it looks to me like you're trying to open up plenty of opportunities at different positions. Here. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I. Uh, my agent kind of said, you know, hey, some some teams kind of like you as an athlete, and uh, you know maybe you should run some routes, you know, at your pro day and stuff. And I did the College Gridiron Showcase back in January. Um, it's like an event that all 32 teams come to. It's like three days of practice and one scrimmage, and uh, I did receiver exclusively there just to see, you know, right. if I could do it and stuff. And I was going against, you know, some top talent in the country, you know, guys from. SEC schools, you know, all over the place. So that was really fun, very eye-opening. Um, I definitely got a lot better there. A lot of the, the coaches and, you know, the other receivers there helped me a lot. I learned so much. And, uh, you know, my pro dad, I threw first and kind of we ran through our script, me and uh, Neil O'Connor and I, and um, figured at the end might as well run some routes, show these, right. show these guys uh, that I can do some more things. So – could you see yourself on the defensive side as well? You have some repetitions in your history playing mm -hmm. on that side of the ball too. Yeah, I would I would love to play defense too. I would just love to literally do anything. I'd be special teams, I'd do anything just because, you know, my love for the game is crazy and I just want to keep playing. So I figured broaden the horizons, you know, try and, you know, make myself available to do anything to get the best opportunity. So the last time we chatted, Trevor, when we were slugging back our drinks at <laughs> – Billiards. Um, you were mentioning the CFL. Let's oh, yeah. just kind of map this out. Where exactly do you envision yourself? What is the goal? What are the steps as we go from here? Um, you know, the goal is to, you know, with this draft coming up, whether it's a minicamp invite, you know, free agent, 
could get drafted late. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just want to make the most of that opportunity and, you know, try and learn as much as I can from wherever I go and try to make the most of it. And if NFL doesn't work out this year, you know, I'm probably going to try and see if I can get into the CFL because I just want to play. I want right. to get some film. You know, I was hurt this past season, so I have very limited, you know, film. I only really played in like six games this year, you know, so I think I just want to play. So whatever opportunity that is, I'll, I'll definitely take that and run with it. Let's backtrack to that season there, Trevor. Of course, you mentioned you were hurt. Is that frustrating to look back on? You didn't get a full sample size in that final year? Yeah, because, you know, I going into it, our, uh, our team had a lot of hype. And, you know, it was just kind of a disappointment. You know, first game, it's a big rivalry game. Yep. We're going to play at Maine. You know, there's, they ended up, you know, going to the semifinals this year. So they were a very good team. It would have been a great battle. And, uh, you know, going down pretty early in that game you know stunk because you know I'm on the sidelines and then we are just getting crushed because you know we didn't even know they were supposed to be that good right and uh it was just yeah it was crazy because you know you go from this high at the end of preseason camp ready to go getting talked up the papers all that oh yeah and then boom you know at rock bottom yeah getting talked about on the papers for being hurt you know yeah it stunk but i was reading an article from the telegraph like in september unh needs trevor and i back (laughs) now (laughs) yeah you know just the the younger guys didn't have the a lot of experience and we had a lot of uh you know turnover with coaches so it was a lot of people you know doing different things than what they're used to but um you know we fought through some adversity and at the end of the year we finished out the season all right i think we were zero and four and uh you know flipped the whole whole season around um but it just shows uh how great of a coach coach mac is you know being able to take the team from 0 and 4 because i've I've never i've never been i've personally never been on a losing team Mm. like that before so it was you know the locker room is just it's like dead silent in there sometimes yeah it's you know it's tough but he did a he did a tremendous job kind of trying to lift our spirits getting our confidence up because you know you go from i think we were ranked as high as three in the in the fcs preseason in the country to you know not even not even having a chance to make the playoffs you know four games into the season so you know definitely mentally it was a mentally tough season for everybody but it think it all i think we all came out of it a lot stronger mentally stronger for sure you know it's interesting you can really attribute this to any sport, but the role of the underdog and the role of the favorite. And you guys probably felt like favorites entering that season, mm-hmm. and then you have the adversity. Do you think that there is something to having that underdog feel that gives you that extra edge out there? Yeah. I mean, we can talk about the Patriots all we want and how you know people try to write them off and... You know, maybe even you think about it yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I love the playing the underdog. I love being the underdog, yeah. you know. You know, I like all the praise and stuff. That's all nice. But I'd rather, you know, be the underdog and take someone down than, right. you know, be up top and just, you know. So I think uh, even heading into this draft, this whole process, I think I'm personally, I'm definitely, an, you know, I, I consider myself an underdog and it definitely mentally will drive you to, you know, do an extra rep, do an extra workout at the field, you know, it's right. And it'll only make you better. Now, you mentioned the CFL. We talked about the NFL, of course. I will be full on rooting for the NFL and I'll mm-hmm. go nuts if I hear the call on TV. But let's talk about actually what we're seeing 
recently new leagues being formed. Of mm-hmm. course, the AFL didn't really work out. I know. But you got the XFL coming, Trevor. Yeah. I mean, are you keeping those things in mind too? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't, I don't know much about the XFL at this point. I know it's coming next 2020, year, right? 2020, yeah. and you know, I'd definitely be open to play. I just love. I just want to play. You just want to get out there. Yeah, I just want to get out there, <laughs> run around, hit some people and stuff. So I'm excited, you know, for whatever's next. It's too bad the AAF didn't stick around because, you know, I was I was watching every game. Yeah. And disappointed. I mean, I wish I could fly out to Salt Lake City and give them an extra fan. but <laughs> Exactly. There's good play out there. It was good, good TV. Yeah, it was good. Definitely good TV. I got some buddies that were in the league. Mm. Um, you know, Andrew Lauderdale. Sure. He's a Concord kid. Went to uh, Trinity High School. Played for us. UNH. And, uh... He did a great job at uh, Arizona, and actually, I think he got picked up by the Cardinals a couple oh, wow. days after the league ended, he got shut down. So, uh, I think it was just such a great opportunity for some guys that just kind of, you know, needed a bounce back. You know, I think some of the quarterbacks, the quarterback play definitely picked up. Mm-hmm. These guys kind of figured it out, got a rhythm, and uh, they started slinging around. It was fun to watch. So, TMZ Amherst, New Hampshire reporting that uh, you were in Florida recently down mm-hmm. there pompano beach is that how you say it yeah so i'm going down to miami beach hollywood ish area mm-hmm. in a few weeks gotta know your thoughts on that area because i believe you're just north of where yep. i'm gonna be i was uh just north of fort lauderdale i was saying my uh my friend has a house there and uh you know we went with our girlfriends kind of like a double date little a vacation and uh it was it was a great time. I loved it. vacation area. i've never heard that that's great <laughs> the, uh the food you know, we were going out to eat you know, I'll have to give you some restaurant names at Fort yeah. Lauderdale. It was, we were eating good for Dude, sure. I, I feel like the bar scene's unreal. Like beach bars. Too, yeah, like, man. Right we there. went to the we went to the beach and you know, like rented some ta- uh, rented some uh, some chairs and stuff and had the drinks. It was it was a good time. It was more of like a relaxing vacation, less of like a spring break trip. Right. They don't have that in me anymore. Little R and R, dude. Yeah. I hear you. I'm getting hungover after two drinks now. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's violently like, hungover. <laughs> violently, like just pounding in the morning. Yeah. Um, but that's awesome. Yeah. So I'll be out there in a few weeks. So looking forward uh, to that. Yeah, it's gonna be a good time. Yeah. So I mean, maybe I'll get some uh, tan going and mm-hmm. whatnot, but. I've been told that I have to be careful with my skin as an on-camera person. Like, mm-hmm. you get the wrinkles going, and it all it all <laughs> goes to shit, dude. So, um, but yeah, certainly pulling for you with everything that's coming forward, dude. Um, and, uh, you know, it's great that you have this, this support system that's coming for you. And talking about some of your teammates, now they're in post-grad life. Mm-hmm. Are you guys all just lifting each other up and kind of, you know, doing that brotherhood? Yeah, we still talk. I mean... Me and all my buddies, we still talk every day. We got group chats, we got Snapchat group chats. We're talking, we're always talking and sending snaps. So it's, it's good. You know, these are my gonna be my best friends for my for the rest of my life. And uh, you know, we it's crazy how close we grew in that time. And uh, definitely pulling for all of them. You know, we got uh, I think a couple guys are trying to continue their football careers. Neil O'Connor, Jared Keel. Sure. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited for what's what's in store for them too. I think, uh, I think they're both tremendous players. I think they're gonna have bright futures. Um, especially even if football doesn't work out, they're such smart, intelligent kids. So they definitely got something going for them. Well, let's say, you know, just for the sake of argument that football doesn't work out for Mm -hmm. you. What are you kind of eyeing out there? Could you see broadcasting? Maybe an analyst? Maybe, maybe (laughs) I'd I'd have to be involved in football still. Yeah. Something with coaching, something. So, you know, I definitely think about coaching for sure, you know, or even, Maybe like a train, starting a training facility somewhere. I I just 
I wouldn't be able to leave, you know, work, like the whole workout. Like I wouldn't be able to sit at a desk nine right. to five. Oh, like, the cubicle I, thing. I can't see you doing that. I, <laughs> I would lose my mind. I'd, right. I'd la- I don't think I'd last a day there. Accounting, taxes. <laughs> it's all yeah. important work, but yeah, important. I mean, not for me though. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Well, hey, I end every interview with the same question, so I'll ask it to you. You're in a bar. Mm-hmm. And you see Tiger Woods right there. You have one question to ask him. What would it be? One question to ask Tiger Maybe Woods. Maybe athlete to he's athlete so, here. He's so... Ah, I can get so much from him. And in, in this you know, post-master's glory, if you will. You know what? Maybe I do something to strike a conversation so we could talk more. Mm-hmm. But it's one. It's only one question. I gotta leave. Let's just pretend you gotta go after that. One allotted question. Oh. <clears throat> Let's see if I. Hmm. He's been through a lot, of course. He's been through so much. There's so much. A lot of experience. Perhaps the greatest golfer. What, of all what time. would you ask him? Oh God! Bring this back on me. <laughs> um. You know, I would ask him if the 2019 Masters will be the greatest moment he's ever felt yeah. because we talked about it right mm-hmm. i mean 14 majors multiple back surgeries the sex scandal he became a punchline yeah right you know on twitter on facebook all this and then he comes back and wins the freaking masters when all the talking heads out there are saying that he's never going to win a tournament yeah again so and i think his answer would be yes yeah i maybe i'd ask him how many more he has in him yeah and give him a fist bump and walk out of there. <laughs> there Classic Tiger. Trevor Knight, one-liner question, see ya. <laughs> yeah, um, give him a fist bump walk out of there. Forgot to ask this question because I do want to know from a mechanical standpoint. Now, mm-hmm. you may know about the Matt Fred, Cam Rogers, Thanksgiving rivalries that mm-hmm. we have. We did four years of football. We moved to basketball because I kept losing. Mm-hmm. And I play quarterback. My miss is always high. And my release is very baseball-y. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because baseball was my first sport. Yeah. Why is that? How do I improve? You're probably dropping your elbow too much. Okay. You want to get your elbow above your shoulder. You can throw sidearm still. Just elbow above the shoulder. Okay. You know, because you, you're going here, you're going to... Right. That thing's going up. Okay. Elbow above... You can still throw sidearm. Throw your baseball off. So it doesn't have to be 12 to 6. Oh, no, no. Motion. You don't have to be here, you know. Right. Not everyone's Peyton Manning. Not everyone's Peyton Manning and yeah. Tom Brady with perfect form. You know? Right. You watch Mahomes sling it. He gives a little bit of the. He'll, yeah. he'll drop his elbow. But Stafford. He's, he's they're just so ridiculous athletes that it doesn't matter. They won't miss. Matt Fred, <laughs> if you're listening, you hear that? We're going back to football, and hey, maybe I'll even bring Trevor Knight on. But you're playing wide out. You're not playing wide out. Wide out, and you know I'll play some safety. Trevor Knight, appreciate the time. I appreciate got. it, man. Thanks, Thanks so for much. having me. All right. Once again, big shout out to Trevor Knight for taking time to come on the podcast. I have a feeling we'll be doing. Many more interviews in the years to come. Some pretty exciting stuff coming from him. And hopefully I can get to my level of broadcasting that I want as well. And we can grow together and all that good stuff. By the way, if you like the podcast, be sure to subscribe. Leave a review. Hit me up on social media. Let me know what you think about the program. What you want to see. What you want to see less of. What you want to hear less of. If it is my voice, I kind of can't help that. So there you go. Cam Rogers signing off for the Tiger Woods podcast. Hit him straight, ladies and gentlemen, and go Tiger. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E. 
AV on YouTube.